Federation Foundation, a special bond of creation. Ha! For all the single moms out there, going through frustration. Clean bandit, Chanda Ball, and Marie Sing McNamara. She works at night by the water. She's gone astray, so far away from her father's daughter. She just wants her life for a baby. All on her own, no one will come. She's got to save him. Daily struggle. She tells him, Ooh, love, no one's ever gonna hurt you, love. I'm gonna give you all of my love. Nobody matters like you. Stay up there. She Stay tells up there. him, Your life ain't gonna be nothing like my life. You're gonna Welcome, I'm Joe. And I'm Roddy. And you've joined us for Stage Door. 
That's we have a fantastic <laughs> hour for you talking all things theatre, film and arts, including... Lifting the curtain, giving you the inside info of all that's going on nationally, locally and digitally. Snooping around backstage to bring you the news and the gossip. Then, of course, we'll highlight our pick of the week. And you can join us and take part in Name That Show. Yep, that's where we ask you to guess the musical from three brief clips of songs. Then there's our quick quiz where I grill Roddy with five brain teasers from the performance world. Later on in the show, don't miss Out of the Vault, where we share the plot from a show that you might not have heard of. And then don't miss our spotlight interview with Ollie Hancock. And that's all coming before midday here on Stage Door. Live across the Thames Valley, this is River Radio. Oh, good morning, Roddy. Hello. I know Thursday mornings are really hectic for you. A little bit like I'm rushing around like a blue-bottomed fly. I know, but look, I've got you a coffee. Good, so, thank you. So, you know, just, just sit back and relax. Already and the level of polish is somewhat higher than last week. Yes. <laughs> After, at least I could see a script this week. That's yeah. good news. No, and it's, it's all good. I am not sure how much longer I can cope with coming through various stations on the line that bring me out of London and right. hearing, when on the stairs, please take care. Like, why do they stress the preposition? When on the stairs, please... And it's triggered by me walking past it. Oh. And it triggers me every time. I'm like, that is an incorrect stress. Okay. Drives me crazy. So can you contact somebody about this? Um, no, what I've done is... Instead, is voice record it, and I'm going to use it as an example of how not to do a voiceover <laughs> with our students. Um, Fair enough. Also, I've never seen a bus stop. Uh, actually, as in, I've never seen a bus stop at the bus stop in Marlow. There's one on the high street. What's it yes. doing there? I've yeah. never seen a bus there. No, it, it has. Does it, it does occur. A couple of day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah. Well, you're not you're usually busy, aren't you, when you're yes. in Marlow? So, you know. Yeah, whizzing around. Um, I've got a cold, which I, I had last hear. week. Yes. Um, but the good news is I have a bit of a voice because on Sunday and Monday, I had absolutely nothing. Oh. I mean, and performers across the West End have been struggling this people have been off because they there's something about this one i've mm. had it before that you every every tiny little cough you get it's taking okay. a little bit more of your voice away well guess what i what? have my voice so <laughs> you're gonna hear a lot of it today You've got one and a half of joe and roddy are at least alive and wake here with you absolutely so you're you're alive and kicking well that's good news i am uh, I which am. means you probably might be able to handle name that show you feeling confident yep okay right here we go Da 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 ba da ba ba Name that show Ooh, nice little jazzy it start is. to the one. Now, morning. I've chosen something that, once again, everybody should know. And just All think right. about, come on, Roddy, you just, just kind of go back maybe to your childhood, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, the instrumentation of that and the, the feeling of it should, it's quite New Orleans, in, isn't it? So it should it? Okay. tell you. I've got, as I said, it sounds very New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you play it again and just think about what childhood memory it might Recall. Oh gosh, I feel like I'm on a on a couch here. Lie down and tell me what you can remember. <laughs> I mean, I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's great, isn't it? I don't know um, what it is. Now, normally at this point, the really keen beans are already managing to name that show and identify it. Has anybody well, already pinged through? Not yet. Okay. And I'm a little bit 
curious so because usually, th- yeah, maybe that one, d- definitely little clip number two will definitely give it away. Two will seal it, will it? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a great, great number. It is good fun. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, but it's not the sh- song that we need identifying, right? No, but it is very typical of the show itself. So if you know what show that is, please email in joe at river.radio or even roddy at river.radio or somebody's just uh, quizzed in and they... Th- oh, okay. So we've had... Um, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Are they right? No, they're not right. Okay. So I'm really sorry, Ooh. Jack. Uh, you're not correct uh, on that one. Close, but no cigar. Are no, they even exactly. close? Uh, <laughs> do you know what? I understand why they've said it, because genre-wise, musically, yeah. but no, this is completely different. I think we need to think a little bit more cartoony in I, this one. Oh, right. There's She's my clue. dropping clues There's now. my clue. You're not going to need any more clues Who's than number, the number two. Of the three <laughs> in the hour, number two will really help Joe you. Joe at River.Radio, come on. Fantastic. <laughs> Roddy, um, in the Who Are You, we normally talk about ourselves and the stuff that we've done in the industries that we both work in. Um, and I thought maybe we could talk about, uh, you know, we often talk about people that inspire us yeah. and have inspired us. What about somebody who really eked you? Because <laughs> um, I was remembering somebody that I worked with, a very famous name, and obviously I'm not going to mention. Oh, what? No, I can't. You're not going to give it away? I can't. Oh, come on. You've started giving away name that show. You look away who's hurt you. No, but, you know, I felt that they were very unprofessional. Um, this is uh, when I was working um, on a show, a TV show, and, um, yeah, I, I won't mention it, but they were really disappointed me because I sort of thought they were a pop star and yeah. um, sort of thought that their um, credibility and their abilities within themselves. I mean, amazing songwriter this person was. Um, yeah, it was a special guest on, on the show and I was really disappointed with how they were talking about um, us as coaches, actually. Yeah. And about once you're famous, you don't need to listen to yeah. coaches. Y- you've, you've reached the top now. Yeah, so you don't uh, need any guidance. You don't need any anything. When really, you know, when... When you are that high up, you actually need more in a way because you need to make sure that, you know, your credibility and your integrity is right and your skill set is yeah. still up. Keep working. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always remember a story of Lynn Darnley, who sadly is no longer with us, but was head of voice at the RSC Voice mm. and um, I think actor development or text. maybe it's right. But she was uh, basically a head of voice. And she, I remember explaining that during the King Lear season years ago with Ian McKellen, mm. um, that a lot of the cast were invited to weekly voice um, work workouts, mm. um, which they could take up. You know, the pre-show warm-up's pretty much contractually compulsory, but the throughout the week, you know, building your stamina, learning new tricks, up to you, you know, just check in with a member of the voice department, book a slot. No one was booking them. Oh. So you've got a lot of young performers straight out of drama school who, in, I'm afraid, in a similar vein, are like, well, I've arrived now, weren't bothering turning up. Every day, McKellen was there. And he said, my voice has never felt stronger because he was working it out every day, taking advantage of the opportunities in front of him. And still, I mean, then he was 70 odd, now he's 80 odd, but still striving to be better, which is very much the better attitude and contrary to what you experienced I know. on that show. I mean, all of us need maintenance anyway from, from people. Do you know <laughs> oh, what I mean? Oh, don't we all, yes. <laughs> you know, whether it's singing, acting or whatever, you know, the voice especially, because it's a physical body thing, you know, gets tired, you know, there's illnesses, there's lots of stuff and you've got to know yeah. how to 
do it. And I think we're always um, learning more anyway, just because of science, um, you know, as we have more and more information about how our body works. I think some of it's nerves, isn't it? I think some of it is worrying that somebody else will will get you, will clock you, will rust, um, sneak you out, you know, will work out what you're doing and then gazump you, that they'll suddenly take over your role and that there's somebody younger and cooler who's doing it better than you. Well, we just have to be sure of ourselves that we have a unique point of view and what we're doing is yeah. unique to us and no one else can do it. Your Kylie's and Elton's of this world are constantly reinventing themselves by having a young, fresh approach and going, you're great, let's do something together. Absolutely. I'll learn from you rather Absolutely. than just teaching you. Um, I'm not going to throw anybody seriously under the bus, but there was a show I did years ago with a deputy stage manager who was, I think, quite inexperienced, mm-hmm. um, but also totally incompetent and used to, uh, you know, the, the schedule was very haphazard. During a tech, you had no idea what was going on. Um, the person had a very quiet voice, so you could barely hear a word they were saying. Um, and my favourite was normally in a theatre when you're about to turn out all the lights, when even if your colleague on the light desk is about to do it, you announce it to the room, mm-hmm. which sounds... Um, might sound a bit odd to everyone else, um, but actually in a theatre you need that because there might be somebody up a ladder yes. and about to step onto a ledge. Uh, and they need to know if they're about to lose their sense of vision. Um, and so you're supposed to call out, going dark. Um, and she'd frequently call it out after the lights had gone out. This no. became a sort of running gag. And I used to slightly tersely shout out, gone dark. Like, yeah. It's too late. Uh, so no, that person was, um, I don't know that they're still in the industry, which would probably be a blessing for us all, particularly those people halfway up ladders. Well, f- interestingly enough, the person I'm talking about sort of took an absence from the industry for all right. not long after that as well. <laughs> Oh dear. Let's well, lift the curtain, shall we? Yes, so let's have a look and see what's happening locally. There's some really good stuff, actually. Good. Um, I wanted to talk about the Wickham Swan tonight at, um, at the Wickham Swan is Russell Brand. He's got his comedy show. Very good. Yep. And we saw him at Pub in the Park a couple of weeks ago. We did, we did. And. Wickham Swan seems to have an awful lot of comedy at the moment. So coming up is Ross Noble, Jimmy Carr, Rod Gilbert, Tim Vine, Alan Carr. There are so many people. Um, So if you really want a good laugh after the year and a half that we've had, go and have a look at some of these amazing artists at the Wickham Swan. And as I said, tonight it's Russell Brand. Um, Also, don't forget at um, the Theatre Royal in Windsor, we've mentioned this before, is the Cherry Orchard with... um, Francesca Ennis, isn't it? And uh, Sir Ian McCallum and so forth. Wickham Art Centre. They are trying to do so much for the community, which is wonderful. Um, Roundabout Creative Theatre Group has um, a family event uh, for Halloween on Sunday the 31st of October at 4pm. The entry is free um, and it's sort of like a, an experience, if that makes sense, like a ghostly experience. Ooh, They're recommending it good for... Good time a, of the year for that. ...age seven plus. Um, and I, it's called, I think we qualify. <laughs> maybe. Uh, Greta's Ghostly Goings On is what it's called. Ooh, so that nice. sounds really interesting. That's at Wickham Art Centre, put on by a roundabout creative theatre company. So 31st of October, I think you can just rock up for that 4pm. So pop that in the diary families uh, for that one. I'm intrigued by all these comedians going out. I wonder whether it's got something to do with the fact that for the last 
at, you know, 18 months, they haven't been able to do all of those build-up gigs, all of mm. those warm-up practice um, venues, because they've been shut. So actually, the quickest way to do that is, to, rather than doing small comedy clubs, is just to hit a number of one-night venues in mm. bigger spaces and get used to it and then get straight back out. But that's great for us. Yeah. We get to see some hot talent. It must be strange. On our doorstep yeah. in the Thames Valley. Brilliant. Uh, Norton Farm. Um, and now I mentioned oh, last yes. week, we like um, my pick of the week was Catch of the Day, this little bizarre little fun uh, show yeah. a- about fish and uh, in uh, certain islands. Anyway, that's on tomorrow. Ooh. Okay, so go to Norton.farm for that one. But also what's coming up is... Um, on Friday the 22nd, so that's next Friday, it's been Mental Health uh, Week and Awareness, basically. Yeah. And there's a fantastic um, new play, One Hand at Play, by Ifin, I want to get this right, Ifinwa Frederick. Right. And it's uh, put on by Payne's Plough and Soho Theatre, um, and it's called Sessions. So it's a, a one-man sort of um, play about uh, his experience going to therapy sessions, basically. And that's on the 22nd of October. So that's Norden Farm again. Uh, really recommend that you go and see that. And then... Also at Norden Farm... We told uh, you last week that things were bursting at the seams. <laughs> they, re- they really are. This Saturday... Uh, Amy, the Amy Winehouse experience. Now, this is a tribute act, and it's um, led by X Factor finalist Emma Wright. And uh, so she's obviously um, becoming Amy Winehouse for this uh, gig. One night only. I mean, I realise that's I, not Amy Winehouse. That really but she's is not becoming it for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Such a look of sympathy. But there's more about tributes later in the show as well. Ooh. I'm going to leave it there. Going to leave it dot, there. Dot. Uh, so yeah, so that's some of the stuff that's happening locally, which is really exciting. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, now, just looking nationally, uh, now I mentioned last week that I was going to go and see James Bond. Mm. Did you? No, I'm oh. not. Been. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going tonight. But I did go last night to see at uh, Hammersmith the Beauty Queen of Linan, uh, which I I like the lyric Hammersmith, great theatre. It yeah. was press night, so you know there's a little, of course a little you like free that. something on the way out. <laughs> uh, but it was great fun. There was a really lively audience. It was incredibly supportive. And um, I like Martin McDonagh. Right. So if you've seen Three Billboards or Lieutenant mm-hmm. of Inishmore, that. Good writer. You know you're going to get good jokes. You're going to get some... There's going to be some dark, twisted underbelly going mm-hmm. on. Um, uh, and you're actually going to care about the story. You know, it's fully fleshed out. It's a really great sort of bittersweet enjoyment mm. of an evening. Um, and this is no uh, no exception. The set slightly struggles for me insofar as it needs to feel like a very claustrophobic um, countryside, Galway, I think we're in, very small cottage. Mm. And, of course, I was thinking this. Routinely, if, you, if you're putting it on a big stage, particularly if they've almost certainly got their eye on trying to transfer it because stuff like Noises Off has gone from Lyric Hammersmith into town before, mm. you need it to fill not just width-wise but vertically. Mm-hmm. So the way they fix that is to have some sort of semi-transparent panels that during the scene changes reflect the outside which is great i actually think that's a really clever idea it looks lovely in those moments the trouble is when the lights come up the rest of it looks a bit cheap oh. and it's slightly spoiled like it looks a bit like a set rather than an actual house so okay. i can't quite work out what's gone wrong there 
That's my only criticism. Okay. The play's brilliant. The cast of four are sensational. Um, Rachel Riordan's directed it. If you happen to be, you know, going for a little afternoon at Westfield in White Ooh. City, do a little bit of shopping, you could pop down. Um, but yes, it's obviously well run in now because it's been at the Chichester Festival Theatre. It's a co-pro. Sure. Um, so it, I think it's done a month there. So it's definitely been around uh, for a while. It's mm. very well, it's well worth seeing. I'd highly recommend it. Um, and there's one guy, Kwaku Fortune, who I think stands out and he manages to Great merge name. bringing his own character and personality and sass mm-hmm. and to this very typically Irish role and he's great. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So I would recommend that. That's going on at the Lyric Hammersmith. One thing I like about this programme is that we learn so much about what's out there and all these amazing talented people that... Because, you know, they're not necessarily on TV. Most people don't hear yes, about, you un- know? until they uh, uh, rock up on TV. Like, for example, Mark Rylance. Yeah, my dad suddenly adore. goes, yeah. oh, I've just seen this actor. Like, yeah, like he's theatre royalty. Everyone knows about him. But, of course, people don't unless they crop up on their television. And he's, he's not great as an interviewee either. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about television, yes. can I just mention, yeah. and this, this really annoys me, but it comes off what we've just been talking about. All Star Musicals returns to ITV this Christmas. Did you ever see that last time? Oh, you didn't miss anything. (laughs) Um, And it's where six celebrities perform musical theatre numbers following training from Elaine Page. So once again, it's celebrities we already know doing a bit of singing on a TV show, right? Rather than maybe meeting the most incredible, talented people that already are doing it. That you Great. just didn't know existed. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good idea. Mm. And Elaine Page training them as much as Arlene Foster choreographs, right? <laughs> yeah. Arlene Phillips, maybe? Oh, is that, yeah, what did I, oh yes, <laughs> Phillips, yeah, right starter, yeah. Um, nothing to do with the DUP, right? Let's have a nice relaxing ballad, Ooh, shall we? Let's do it. And then we'll come back after this. Saved every letter you wrote me From the moment I read them I knew you were mine You said you were mine I thought you were mine Do you know what Angelica said When we saw your first letter arrive She said Be careful with that one, love He will do what it takes to survive You and your words Flooded my senses Your sentences left me defenseless You built me palaces Out of paragraphs You built cathedrals I'm rereading the letters you wrote me I'm searching and scanning for answers In every line For some kind of sign And when you were This girl into our bed In clearing your name You have ruined our lives Do you know what Angelica said When she read what you'd done She said You've married an Icarus He has flown too close to the sun You and your words upset 
from the musical Hamilton. This is River Radio. You can listen on our website, river.radio. On our mobile app for Apple and Android, search for River Radio Live. You can tell Alexa, play River Radio Live. You can hear us on Spotify, Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. River.radio. Oh, God, Joe. That, I mean, that was a beautiful ballad, but the fact it stops twice in the middle gave me a heart attack. I'm sitting here having cardiac arrest that there's gaps in it. Like, oh, oh but it, most people know the song, so... <laughs> I'll know it's there. Oh, dear, the shade. Right, there's so much going on. We're still rifling around, batting them around inside the curtain. So I've got a few things that I must say because they're on now. Sure. The Boy With Two Hearts is at the Wales Millennium Centre in Cardiff. Now, granted, when talking nationally, we often look east. So nice to just throw our vision west to Cardiff. So it's about an Afghan refugee family's story of fear and hope, which feels incredibly contemporary. Mm. It feels very now. It's a true story of a family forced to flee the Taliban and seek life-saving health treatment in the UK. Um, So it really brings sort of the idea of searching for home very much Mm. movingly to life. It got four stars in The Guardian which says its message of love and hope deserves as wide an audience as possible from school children to politicians. Oh, I hope it travels then. Well, yeah, it's on till the 23rd of October. So if anyone's got plans to have half term around there, then you might just catch it. And then there are a couple of other important things I want to mention that Mm -hmm. are part of, I think, probably the Black History Month um, uh, awareness raising is that at the Park Theatre, there's a place for we. Have you ever been to the park? Uh, No, but I know about this play. Yeah, Yeah. and you probably know there's a musical showcase at the Park Theatre every year but yeah a place for we is at the park and um, its preview started last week it's on for a month till the 6th of november and mm. um, it's by talawa who are a black british theater company they're award-winning they're sort of the, the gold standard they've been um, banging this drum for years 
way before anyone was uh, listening. Um, it's set in one building in Brixton over three very different generations. So it's a pub, it's a funeral parlour, and it's an urban zen wine shop and <laughs> conscious eateries. So I think you witness the different generations nice. reacting to the yeah. way it's being um, up upscaled. And in the wake of the Windrush scandal, Archie Maddox's bittersweet comedy, which has won a, an award for its writing before now, holds a mirror up to the ever-changing face of London. So that's at the park. That's fantastic. And also it, um, Black British Theatre Awards next month. Oh, yeah. And today at midday, the nominees are announced. Oh, great. Yes. Fantastic. And I think we might know a couple of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not giving so. anything away here. There's also White Noise, which has just opened at the Bridge Theatre. Have you ever been to the Bridge? Uh, yes, I have. The Bridge Long is very smart. Lots of sparkly little lights in the foyer. Um, uh, it's from Pulitzer Prize winning playwright Suzanne Laurie Parks. It's directed by Polly Findlay. It's about 30-somethings Leo, Misha, Ralph and Dawn, who've been inseparable since college. And they're making their way together in the big city. They're liberal, they're open-minded, they're socially aware. Then one of them is assaulted by the police in um, what transpires to be a racially motivated incident. So it, it sort of takes an unflinching look at race and how that group of that close-knit group of friends react to an incident like that um so it's very uh, it feels particularly important now that we witness that as we sort of try and culturally um, make ourselves aware and um we wake up to the fact that um people are mistreated uh, and it takes a, that look from both a black and a white perspective so that's okay. at the bridge theater and speaking of, um, you know, people needing support, uh, Take to the Stage with Pride is coming next month. Gillian uh, Lynn Theatre. It's a night filled with extraordinary talent from our LGBTQ plus community. Fantastic. So lots and lots of... Uh, Where did you say that was? That's at the Gillian Lynn Theatre. Oh, nice. Yep, on the 16th of November. And it's called Take to the Stage with Pride. Lovely. I've not been to the Gillian Lynn for a little while. That sounds like okay. a lovely excuse yeah. to go. And then the Belgrade Coventry. There's mm-hmm. the Rough Tough Cream Puff Estate yes, Agency. Yes, I saw that, yeah. Which I don't know why that's rattling around in my head. Not only is it wonderfully rhyming, but I think somebody's talked to me about it. But anyway, it's a world premiere of a brand new musical from Cardboard Citizens. Now, Coventry is currently the capital of culture, the city of culture. um, And Cardboard Citizens have been making life-changing theatre with and for homeless and marginalised people for 30 years. Um, So they're critically acclaimed. They've put this on. It's set in the 70s during a nationwide housing crisis. And it's an inspiring new musical based on the true story of how a small group of revolutionaries bring about change. So there's John Mad Dog Sky at the helm of the world's first estate agency for squatters. Um, There's Lou, who's hitching away from a difficult past towards punk and the bright lights of the city. And then there's Alan and Rosie, who are figuring out how to turn their West London neighbourhood into its own nation. Now that's on now. It opened on the 9th. It's on till the 16th. So you've only got till Saturday to catch that. It's got music by Chumbawamba's Boff Wally. It's got a choir of local people, many of whom have experienced experienced homelessness. That's Where was this again? Belgrade Theatre in Coventry. Fantastic. Which is a very exciting. Uh, and now our interview with Ollie Hancock is coming mm. up later in it the is. hour. I mean, he's a disgustingly young, prodigious talent. <laughs> and very much one of those techies who's a yes man. You okay. know when you ask somebody to do something and some people go, oh, not sure actually. And then increasingly I work with people who say yes because they're the people that stick around in the industry because you want can-doers. Yeah. Um, I mean, even fix my wife during during the uh, lockdown uh, but before that it's time for our pick of the week yep so it is our pick of the week um and i'm going to talk about the royal shakespeare company's 
The Magician's Elephant. Ooh. And that opens on Monday. Oh, wow. So in Stratford-upon-Avon, there's been some bizarre sightings of an elephant around <laughs> the place. <laughs> the elephant in the town. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it is a brand new musical, which is fantastic, um, by Nancy Harris and Mark Teetler from the novel by Kate DiCamillo. And I don't know if you know, know the novel. No, no I, I didn't don't. either. I know this has been in development for about two years. They've yeah. been R&Ding it and it was obviously supposed to be out Which is research and development, by the way, for oh, those yes. who don't know. But, but quite often people know it from real industry, yeah, like yeah, where yeah, they're yeah, actually yeah. researching and developing a new bomb. Uh, but actually suddenly theatre talks about it because it's a way to, it just means playing around in a room, workshopping it. <laughs> Having fun. Anyway, The Magician's Elephant is about... Um, a magician who one day conjures up an elephant from the sky and this sets off a chain of events uh, and it changes this little village, this Baltese village forever. It's based around a character called Peter who's having to rethink everything that he's once known in his life. Um, He's come back from the war and, you know, he's a a bit um, uh, negative, I suppose, and a bit affected by it all. Um, And he discovers happiness can come from the most unexpected places. So this sounds like a really beautiful new musical. Uh, Obviously, the RSC have, you know, produced fantastic shows like Matilda. This is a magician's elephant. It starts on Monday and hopefully it will come to London. Oh, yeah, I will definitely go and see that. I as you know, have such a fond memory of catching Matilda in previews. Mm. Um, and that was their first attempt to try and sort of um, stick their elbows into the world of musical theatre and well, see how they got on after Les Mis, and that went quite well as well. They've done very well. Right, time for part two of Name That Show. Name That Show. you might think it's ridiculous that me, a gigantopithecus... <laughs> What do you think? I know that voice. You know the voice. And do you know, uh, I mean, the lyrics are quite interesting. Do you want to do that again? Yeah, I know the voice, but I can't work out. Now you might think it's ridiculous that me, a gigantopithecus. I mean, gigantopithecus. So, I can't even say it. What is it? Gigantopithecus. Play it again quick. It's so short. Do it again. Now you might think it's ridiculous that me, a gigantopithecus. Gigantopithecus. Stop taking the gigantopithecus out of me. Yeah, ah, now I know who that is. Yes. Because iconic voice. What I can't work out is why... I don't think saying who it is will affect anybody. Christopher Walken. It is. But why is he singing that? Mm. Uh, I I vaguely recognise the tune now. Okay, all right. Has anyone else got it? Uh, Not yet. (laughs) If not, where have they got to email, Joe? Joe at River. Radio. Come on, tell me what you think it is, guys, because uh, it's a good one this week, I think. Yeah, it's the show we're after, not just the name of the track. If you know the track, like Bully for You, but it's the name of the show (laughs) we're after. Right, Uh, speaking of ignorance being exposed. We've got it right. Oh, who's got it? Yep, Tony's got emailed yeah, in and he has got good. it correct this Very time. good. We yep. thought that number two might uh, might give it away. Yep. Uh, Tony, if you could also help me with the quiz, I'd be much obliged. <laughs> time just goes so quickly in this programme. Doesn't it? When you're like, having fun. I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> now, this quiz... Um, it's a little bit different now. I talked about Amy Winehouse tribute act at Norden Farm oh, earlier. Yeah. And so Oh yeah. <laughs> we have I'm gonna do seven, okay? <laughs> seven questions, and they're all to do with who played this particular famous person. 
Okay. Right. As in, who's I the thought you were just going to give me the name of like who's the bootleg Beatles attribute to. No, okay. no, no, no. So, number one, who played Elton John in Rocketman? Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, two, who played Judy Garland in the movie Judy? Yeah. Hmm. Who played Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody? Okay, I've got one. Okay. Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It? Don't know. Johnny Cash in Walk the Line? Oh, I, I can't remember. I've seen that. I love that film. Uh, who played Ray Charles in the movie Ray? <laughs> and finally, who played Jim Morrison in The Doors? I can tell you that having been quite cocky that if I had seven chances to get five, yeah, it will, that yeah. I stood a, stood a chance. I think I've got one. Oh, okay. So once again, who played Elton John in Rocketman? Who played Judy Garland in Judy? Who played Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody? Who played Tina Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It? Who played Johnny Cash in Walk the Line? Who played Ray Charles in Ray? And who played Jim Morrison in the movie The Doors? Help! If you can help me, please email roddy at river.radio. I'll take any and all comers. Please tell me who some of those people, which of the actors are who played those people on stage. We've got a couple of minutes. We're going to listen to this. And then I need your assistance. The kind of love you find in fairy tales But then my girl ripped out my heart With her plastic press-on nails So if you felt the kind of pain This loser's singing of Then let me hear you say it I'm a casualty of love Just a casualty of love I was stood up by my date, and by date, I mean my mom. Each night I open up my mouth and give those drinkies a shove. Well, I know why you do it. You're a casualty of love. I'm a casualty of love. Just a casualty of love. I'm a casualty of love. We're from different walks of life. And different points of view But we come together now Through our hatred of you Cause we're casualties of love Love's a trick, love's a trap Love's a hot chick with a glass Love's a hoax, love's a tease Opinions are full of fees Love's a joke, love's a scam A sergeant slaughter by the staff Love's a wound, watch it bleed Love's the only thing I Love's the only thing I need 
That's from The Wedding Singer. Oh, fantastic. Mm. Right, time to jump back in with the quiz. My time is more than up. Right. So, what do you think, Ruddy? With a sense of foreboding and dread. And all the people the emailed in with their help and assistance? Uh, I've had no help. I've been left hung out to dry. I just don't think your email's working. That's what I think it is. <laughs> Nobody likes me. <laughs> Ruddy at River.radio. Anyway, so the first question was, who played Elton John in Rocketman? Mm, don't know. Taron Egerton. Oh, uh, was it? I've not yeah. seen it. Uh, who played Judy Garland in Judy? It's an actress who transforms herself quite a lot. Renee Zellweger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who played Bohemian Rhapsody in... Who played Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> in Freddie Mercury? You know what I mean. Remy Malek. Yes, it is. Well done. That's the only time you'll hear that today. <laughs> Who played Tina Turner in What's Love Got To Do With It? Don't know. Quite an unusual choice, but stunning one. Angela Bassett. Mm. Oh. Uh, Walk the Line. Who played Johnny Cash? I uh, don't know. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ray Charles. That is great. I love that film. Yes. I must watch that again. Uh, Ray Charles, who played Ray? <sighs> Fabulous black actor. I don't know. Jamie Foxx. Okay. And finally, Jim Morrison, The Doors, who played that? He's all played, also played Batman, if I that helps. I don't really know anything by The Doors, so I don't really know what we're talking <laughs> Val about. Val Kilmer. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I can't picture who most of those people are. I'm oh. bad enough with names anyway. I haven't sure. seen any of them apart from Walk the Line. Okay. The All right. I'll tell you what. Absolutely. Next week, I'll be kinder. Great. Yeah. <laughs> if we could go back to theatre, something soft and cuddly and safe that I actually recognise. Fantastic. Thank you. Right. Well, great. One out of seven's not bad, is it? You're listening to River Radio, online at river.radio, on Apple, Android and Alexa. Listen again on our website or we're a podcast on Apple and Spotify now and soon coming to DAB. Right. Well, after that, it's time for us to get ourselves in the vault. Okay. There we go. Oh, gosh, somebody spruced up in here. Look at this. I know. I did a bit of dusting. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> there we are. Now, just rifling through. And the letter is on the Rolodex P. P. Yep. What's P for? P is for the musical Passion. Ah. Okay, so this is um, a Stephen Sondheim, James Lapine uh, collab. Uh, so they obviously did Into the Woods together as right. well. And he did this uh, back in 1980s, basically. Um, and it's based on the 1981 film A Passion de Amor. Very nice. Very good. Very good. Spoken like a true local. <laughs> After the novel Fosca by um, Tarchetti. Now, this is Sondheim's most lyrical and romantic work, and I am so excited about this because it's coming to Manchester. But I'll come back to that. So, it's set in Italy in 1863. Uh, Giorgio, a young soldier, is bidding farewell to his mistress, Clara. He's to join his new regiment in the outposts of northern Italy, but unfortunately, she will not be able to accompany him. Not at least because she's already married. However, they agree to keep in touch by regular exchange of letters. Now, Giorgio is a man going places. He's confident of his new commanding officer and he is well-liked by fellow officers. Now, at the same time, this doctor is looking after a special patient called Fosca. And Fosca is a recluse clad in black and seeking seclusion in her reading, which is her now passion. I see. Okay, so so older woman. uh, In this remote outpost there, however... 
there's a shortage of books and Giorgio, our soldier, lends her some books and amongst them um, being books of poetry. So Giorgio is somewhat a bit of a dreamer but Fosca craves intellectual stimulus and through frail, no fail, and though frail and with an illness that manifests itself in hysterical convulsions, she clings and falls madly in love with Giorgio. But she has this like um, drawing of... um, Oh, you know, intrigue, I suppose, about her okay. that, that he can't kind of resist. Really. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, so don't forget Clara, the married woman, um, is warning Giorgio to keep Fosca uh, at arm's length. But Fosca's already dependent upon Giorgio. And just as he's about to go on leave, Fosca asks him to write to her. And when Fosca finds out that Clara's already married, she becomes even more of a recluse, shunning any contact. The doctor believes that Fosca's condition will only prove if Giorgio visits again. Okay, so Giorgio um, comes back and is following Fosca. She's walking through this rainstorm and she faints. Giorgio, you know, and convulses, uh, picks um, her back up and takes her um, back to camp. He too falls ill because they've been stuck in the rain, granted sick leave to recuperate in Milan. Fosca follows him to the train, which will take him away from her forever, and he begs her to give him up and return to the camp where they can receive medical attention together. Anyway, um, the doctor um, organises a transfer um, for Giorgio, and this devastates Fosca, who once again repairs to her room in much distress. Uh, They discover a love letter uh, written by Giorgio, but it was dictated by Fosca, and uh, now... There's a duel happening. And uh, that night when Giorgio visits Fosca's room and acknowledges his love for her, like he honestly, he can't, he can't, um, he doesn't understand his own emotions to do with her basically. And he's drawn to her and then drawn away and drawn back and drawn away. And it's just like this constant in and out. Of, yo, yo, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so at, basically this duel happens and Giorgio, um, the doctor informs Giorgio that Fosca's died three days after the duel. And out of all of this, he had, um, you know, Giorgio had this married woman that he was having an affair with. He had this huge, big draw with Fosca. And now he's completely utterly alone. And he's got Fosca's possessions at the end of the show, but he's on his own. And it's, it's quite a mind thing in this whole show. You know, it's, it's very very deep and romantic and passionate. I mean, it's called passion. Um, <laughs> but it's it's more, um, I suppose it's more on the Les Mis kind of vibe than anything else, if that makes sense. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, it's at the Hope Mill Theatre in Ooh. Manchester next year. Oh, wow, great. Starring Ruthie Henshaw. Playing, oh, wow. Playing Fosca. Oh, brilliant. And she's really excited about it because uh, there aren't that many roles for older Women, mm-hmm. that, you know, starring roles. So that's very exciting. And that's on from the 5th of May to the 5th of June. I know that seems a long way off, but tickets are selling massively. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Ruthie Henschel is like royalty. Absolutely, absolutely she is. So, I saw her years ago do a number at Proms in the Park, okay. just a couple of numbers from Chicago. And I was like, oh, I'm sure this will be good. It was incredible. Yes, yes. And she is. I mean, like, I've already got my tickets for it because, and I will travel to Manchester to see this. Yeah. But this is passion. And this is one of the most uh, famous songs from it called Loving You. Loving you. Who I am Loving you is not 
Yeah, so can you see how more formal it is as, yeah. a, as a musical? Yeah, and it's quite soothing for the soul. I'm really excited to see that. It feels quite um, gothic, quite noir. But you can tell it's Sondheim as well, can't you? Yes. All the layering of yeah. everything. So yeah. intricate. Yeah, it's well, beautiful. still to come, find out if you've correctly managed to name that show. But now to our spotlight interview from a cold, we battled my cold, his waitrose delivery, Hermes <laughs> popped up at some point, there's a, god, a grandfather clock goes off, there's a phone call. Oh, it sounds fun. <laughs> it's all happening in our spotlight interview. So delighted to have on the stage door program now, Ollie Hancock. Way, hey, hello. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that deeply awkward thing where there are only two people on a corner. We're going to clap each other. Um, for starters, what does your job entail? Uh, so I'm uh, head of video on Back to the Future the musical. So I look after the day-to-day running of the video system. We have three projectors, one large video wall, and then um, 17 kilometres of LED pixel tape. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, so my job is to ensure that the design is kept looking great at all times. So that's anything from swapping out a broken projector to making the LED video wall uh, look better because it's been hit by the car or whatever. Um, (laughs) It's a very technical role. The connotation of being head of department means you have to do a lot of paperwork. Oh, great. So it's hands-on. Yeah, it's very hands-on. The office side of things bored me. Bored yeah, me and you like you know. fiddling around with kit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So how did you get into it? Did you always want to work in video? Uh, no, so I studied in lighting at Guildford School of Acting and kind of just one way and another throughout my time there took jobs kind of to supplement the education, um, mm. which was really a, a great thing to do. But a lot of times I, I noticed that people were specifically looking for video people and back then five six years ago I didn't really understand what video was so I kind of 
did a bit of exploration and found that actually it's a very cool world and a very kind of up and coming department. So I just kind of thought, well, let's give it a go. And excuse the cliche, but you know, the rest is history. Really, I, yeah. I find that I do it a lot now. And obviously being head of it on Back to the Future is a big step and kind of obviously makes it quite a permanent feature in my life. Yeah, great. It is interesting that upsurge in it, isn't it? That it always used to be there was sound cues and light cues. Sure, yeah. there might be fly cues and yeah. all the rest of it, but now video plays a massive part in the creation yeah, of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because nowadays the technology is there to give you such incredible content, unlike lighting, you know, where you're limited by what your rig can do with video. Yes, okay, you might have a projector in one place, but what you can do on that one surface is absolutely infinite which is which is really cool and, and very exciting actually you're very creative it makes me wonder how you coped in the last year because yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot on the stage door program about the fact that that wasn't just performers it was the creatives and the people behind it, the scenes as well yeah. like you what kept you busy how did you stay afloat <laughs> well a couple of things the main thing was i don't want to get too technical here but a lot of what i do in video land is networking so making sure that data gets from point a to point b in the best possible way as quick as it can you know i say to a lot of people i'm basically an it engineer so i kind of thought to myself well i've got these skills so why wouldn't i put them to use so i started doing kind of domestic wi-fi installations that went really well kept me busy just literally going into people's homes and making their connection better which was actually obviously a very important part of corona because there were people who maybe went from working away five days a week and then on the weekends it doesn't massively matter if you don't have a good internet connection but it suddenly became really important 24 hours a day you were you're able to log on and, and do work and whatever so it was it was really interesting to do that brilliant well done i think it's extraordinary the sort of seemingly relentless innovation to find new ways to stay afloat for me i had almost two years worth of work like wiped off the board yeah. overnight kind of thing so it really was kind of a pretty quick adapting session, I think, after that. High-speed changes. Yeah. High-speed changes, yeah. Now, we met, of course, working on North by Northwest, which was great fun, and I've talked about it briefly in the past. Just tell us a little bit about how the video worked on that show. Obviously, a Hitchcock show, so um, and Hitchcock loved the stationary people, moving background. Perfect example is in, you're in a car, and the world looks like it's flying past you outside but actually the people in the car are totally static and there's a big projection screen upstage that's doing the movement what the creatives on north by northwest wanted to do was try and bring that to the stage and also my dear tried and tested it's always going to look great but they wanted to try and also use models to do it i'm just it's crazy to even think about it now I think it's <laughs> What we workshopped and what we eventually ended up doing was having live chroma keying on stage. So chroma keying is, in its simplest form, colour replacement. You put it through a bit of software that replaces it with a background. So day-to-day usage is um, green screen technology, uh, which is used every you know every news program you watch will probably have green screen technology in it but doing it in a live setting is incredibly difficult as i have found out um <laughs> the lighting's got to be incredibly consistent and the chroma key booths were either side of stage with real life action going on in between the two of them so if you've got the little booths you know if there's no other light in the room chroma key perfectly but then as soon as you throw an array of 25 source fours as cross light straight into the booths then you completely throw that out so it was always an uphill struggle and uh, you know the chroma king was never the same twice 
which, um, you know, <laughs> as a perfectionist that I am, that really started to grate on me. But it was a really, really cool idea. And I really hope it does come back and has some good success in the future because I think it would be really cool. Oh, it was enormous fun. You did so well coping with it all. It looked amazing. Just thinking about different spaces, I saw that you worked at Theatre 503. What yeah. are the different challenges in a small space for lighting? Somewhere like 503 is amazing. I think the problem that you encounter in larger spaces is you look at a rig and you think, oh my goodness, I've got six lighting bars to fill. Whereas if you're in a small space, you don't have that much room. So you're much more selective about what you can bring in, especially because the technology is so advanced in lighting. You know, one light can do a myriad things, whereas before you had to think about, okay, I've got this one light that needs to be focused, and once it's focused and, and coloured up, I can't move it again. Yeah. Whereas now in larger venues, you are able to have 20, 30, 40, 50, you name it, each one of which can move and change colour, change shape. You're thrown into this huge world of, of choice, whereas I think if you're in a smaller venue, you know, 503's rig is you know, only about half a metre over my head, really. So yeah. you can't have a whopping great moving light. You have to think kind of in the more conventional terms, which I think kind of brings back, obviously, the beginnings of lighting design and stuff and being able to work out what colour you're going to use and kind of be happy with that and run with it as a concept because you know once the show's up and running, you can't get up there with a the ladder and change the colour of it. Forces invention, really, doesn't exactly, it? Exactly, exactly. Quite nice, back to basics. Yeah, and it forces kind of have a knowledge in colour theory. And I remember you talking about colour theory as we walked past an uplit casino in <laughs> Brisbane. <laughs> I think I probably was very inebriated. <laughs> oh, I love talking to Ollie and there's so much more to cover. I mean, we haven't even touched yet on the Shanghai Ballet or on Glyndebourne Opera or on Back to the Future. So can we have some more next week? Yeah, let's definitely tie that over to next week because we've got to finish off Name That Show. Name That Show Come on, you know it now, Roddy, surely. I do. No one can be left in any doubt. One more, one more. One more. Can't learn to be like someone like you. Go on, Joe, what is it? It is... The Jungle Book! Yay, The Jungle Book. And, of course, the song is I Want to Be Like You... And, we, and we'll play you out with a full track of I Want to Be Like You. But for this week, that's it from us. It Join is. us next Thursday on 11 on River Radio for more from, from the, the stage, stage door.
I'll make a deal with you. What I desire is man's red fire to make my dream come true. Now give me the secret man cup. Come on, clue me what to do. Give me the power of man's red fire so I can be like you. Oh, we do. I wanna be like you. I wanna walk like you, talk like you too. You'll see it's true. Someone like me can learn to be like someone like you. Ridiculous that me, a gigantopithecus, would ever dream I'd like to team with the likes of you, mankind. But together we'd have powers, all the jungle's treasures ours. I got desire, you got the fire, but the dream I dream takes too. So, ooh, I wanna be like you. Ooh, I wanna use that flame just the same. 